This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Criminality Show, the podcast about true crime and reality TV and just how grateful we are that it is not a crime to love reality TV. Melissa, how are you doing? I am hashtag blessed after hearing that intro. I am so grateful for reality TV. Me too. I know. Gets me through the darkest moments and the best. It's such, yes, yeah, no, it's there for you in all seasons, all times. And, you know, it's like you can choose a reality tv to augment any life experience you know to like make you feel real things yeah to escape to laugh mostly it's just to feel like a better person so i watch a lot of garbage people but you know i guess you could feel things like happiness for other people (laughs) and cheer them on but that's not really my scene no that's a really good reason to watch and um, (laughs) who needs therapy just kidding everybody should do that but um but no it's good if you're feeling bad about yourself just uh tune into any show that we've ever talked about ever (laughs) ever everybody good you've had like a busy couple of weeks with kids oh yeah um everybody's good we did our live show with moms and mysteries yeah that was really fun yeah you were there that was so sweet of you turns out I couldn't see all the comments coming through because later somebody was saying I'm like I never saw that so I feel bad people were commenting hopefully more than I saw because I was like that group is dead no one wants to be here (laughs) no it was lively okay it was lively good um so that was fun my son broke his elbow after his first skating trip that was fun yeah he was a pro he handled it great um he was like a baby giraffe on skates I I saw (laughs) (laughs) and wouldn't quit I've never seen anyone with more like gusto about doing something they cannot do at that point he could later on but he got better, but um, the you know like the person that's not the ref, but they wear like the umpire like clothes, the guide. yeah, that like oh, goes yeah, around the, yeah. on the roller rink. Yeah, every time she was like, I have to keep asking if he's okay because he, she's, <laughs> she's like, I'm so sorry, I have to keep asking. I'm like, no, it's fine, I I get it. And he would hop from the carpet to the thing because he thought that would be a smoother transition. Mm. So imagine hopping when you can't stand on skates and how that went. So. To no one's surprise, I, he has a cast now. Yeah, I admire his um, persistence. He really He's wanted awesome. to skate. He did. And that was, uh, he was did. obvious. Yeah. Well, quick recovery to him. Yeah. How was everything at your house, your neck of the woods? Same old, same old. It's, uh, yeah, it's my youngest second half of his senior year. So that's crazy. I've been here before. There's a lot of like reminding him he still has to go to school sure. and wake up yeah, yeah. <laughs> before the PM hours. And um, it's an interesting time. It's all getting really weird thinking about that, yeah. being, him being the last one. But good. Everything here is is A-OK. Good. I love it. I'm so happy. Which is more than I can say for today's story. Oof. Yeah, I mean, that intro. It's a, yeah, well, I mean, 
things end up fine. Good. I mean, spoiler alert, which I'll just, nobody get too worried. However, this story, I do have to start off with a little content warning. Um, I'm going to briefly mention sexual abuse and intimate partner violence. So please note that and take care while listening. Melissa, I know you pretty well now that we've been friends for a few years, and I think it's pretty safe to say that you don't think about sex tapes very often, but I want to know when you do, who comes to mind first? Honestly, Kim K and Ray J. Those are number one. Number two, okay. Pamela Anderson and Tommy. Okay. Okay. I was, I was hoping you would say one of those. So, well, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Great answer. There was no wrong or right answer, but in my notes, I filled in like things you might say and you wrote, no, 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 you're perfect. So Kim K of course, um, her tape being allegedly leaked without her knowledge, who knows? Um, but her mom, who was her manager at the time, we all know, knew just what to do with that content and monetized it. And, you know, who knows, she might have been taking a page from Kim's former boss, Paris Hilton, who also found herself oh, yeah. in a sex tape scandal. That was the other one that I thought you might have guessed. But we're not talking about Kim Kardashian or Paris today, though the guy who made and released the tape with Paris will come up again. Today, we're talking about a woman whose sex tape scandal happened when she was already famous. So that was like the big difference. This wasn't um, something that catapulted her into stardom right. or made her a household name. We're talking about a woman who is so closely connected to one role that she played on a show that just about any time, anywhere, someone wearing a red one-piece bathing suit on a beach exists, they pretty much have to do a slow-mo run while they exit the ocean. Absolutely. It's like a requisite, right? Yeah. Of course, we're talking about the icon Pamela Anderson, who is kind of having a moment. I hope she still is by this Friday. Yeah, yeah. So when I say Pamela Anderson... What do you think of? And does your Zoom background have anything to do with it? (laughs) I do. I think of the Hoff. Um, I used to watch Baywatch a lot on USA. I don't think I liked it, but it was just USA had like um, American Gladiators, Baywatch, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. Wings, of course. I will bring Wings into every scenario, every story we do. Um, But that was kind of like my, my... afternoon of show. So I don't remember liking it, but I watched it. Well, yeah, I think you're in good company. I don't know that anybody watched it because it was amazing. And I even (laughs) saw a very recent interview with Pam who, and she said, Baywatch was great because you could watch it with the sound off. (laughs) Basically. And I think that was, you know, sort of maybe the idea. So I think what most people associate Pamela with really depends on their age. Most people think of Baywatch like you. Some people think of her first acting job because Baywatch was actually her second, which was Home Improvement. And some might recall her as the Playboy cover model. And most remember her really for being married to Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee and their infamous sex tape. So beyond knowing that sex tape existed and no, I never watched it for even for my research, I will do anything for research, but I won't. (laughs) I didn't really know much about her as a person and my perception of Pam Anderson, I'm ashamed to say, is totally in line with what a lot of people thought in the late 80s, 90s, and believe the narrative, which was that she was pretty much like a talentless bimbo who shouldn't be taken seriously and likely wanted that tape out there, that that fit her brand and persona. Well, I watched the new Netflix documentary on her called 
uh, Pamela a love story to do this research and to see if everything I thought I knew about Pam was true. And I was thrilled to learn that she has had way more than one reality TV connection, making her eligible for a criminality episode. (laughs) So Melissa, let's get into it and see if I was proven wrong or if I was right. Pam was born and raised in a small town called Ladysmith on the eastern coast of Vancouver Island in Canada which was my first surprise. Frankly, I had no idea she was Canadian. Oh yeah. You might've known that as a Baywatch. Yeah. It does. You think she's a California girl, but she's Canadian. Completely. Yes. So in 2016, the population of, I just thought this was interesting of Ladysmith was less than 9,000. That was just a few years ago. So this is like a very remote little town, despite its proximity to Vancouver. So yes, like you said, I thought she was a California girl because she just embodied that vibe so much. Um, But one day she's about 22 years old and she takes a big day long excursion to the big city. Do you know how she was discovered? Do you know that she on like a jumbotron or something at a football game or something? Yeah, I I don't know why I know that. But yeah, it's crazy. I think people who have followed her in any way, I'm sure this story, you know, it's out there. But I had no idea. She just went to a British Columbia Lions football game. And out of thousands of people in the bleachers and the stands, the jumbotron zooms in on her, and apparently, like the crowd goes wild. Like, Isn't that crazy? Really people though? went nuts and like responded to her, and she looked a lot like she does in the picture behind me, gorgeous, to my left, which is just young, fresh-faced, perfect teeth and smile, and just adorable. Yeah, like just so so cute. And so she got discovered. I mean, That's like wild. those stories that don't really happen like that totally happened like that. So. She's very still recognizable in that picture to me as Pam. She wasn't yet a super platinum blonde. She wasn't yet filling out a double D bra, but she was cute and she looked like herself. And this was all it took to start her career in Hollywood. One of the first calls she got was for Playboy. They wanted her to come to LA and do a cover. Now, I don't know how they found her. I always just think, how do people, how did they do that? But they did. They found her, they called her. And to give you a picture of kind of how naive and innocent and not savvy to the industry she was she said yes to the job she goes to the airport they'd gotten her a ticket to fly to LA and she was turned down because she didn't even have a passport she'd never left Canada (laughs) didn't even know you would need one to go to the United States she's like oh my gosh I have to get there so she gets on a bus and just takes a bus from Vancouver Island to LA and arrives at Hugh Hefner's Playboy Mansion fresh off probably like a greyhound oh my gosh (laughs) I know. Can you imagine? And my six, like Enneagram six self can't comprehend traveling internationally, period, and not knowing everything that's going to happen, let alone a passport. Like my brain's too far. I know. And then just responding so casually and easy breezy, like no plane, no problem. Bus it is. I'd be like devastated. What's the work around? Like, yeah, yeah. Or I've got to wait six weeks for a Mm -hmm. passport. Well, her career took off pretty quickly and Pam found an apartment and she stayed in LA and pretty much never looked back or went back to Canada until much later. And if you know anything about her childhood or adolescence, it probably wouldn't surprise you to find out she really wasn't interested in returning to her hometown because a lot of really not so great things had happened to her there. She had a loving family. Her parents were madly in love, but their relationship was complicated, as they say. Her dad could be at times violent towards her mother. But they always made up and they stayed together and they're still together to this day. So she was loved and cared for, but she does recall real moments of violence that were very, very scary, but then very passionate reunions and the makeup session. But even more than that, it's three other traumatic life events that Pam recounts 
that she really never recovered from. One being her childhood babysitter, who was a woman, sexually abused her from the age of six through 10. And when she was 12 years old, she was raped by a 25-year-old man. And as a teenager, she was gang raped by three men. Oh my gosh. And I don't, we're not going to like stay here yeah. long. I just want to paint a picture of what was in her past and why it might've been so easy to stay in LA. Yeah. So when she found a way to make a living and a life outside of her hometown, she was very eager to take it. Sure. So back to the Playboy Mansion, her cover was very successful. Pam kind of got into modeling. She was very shy. It was very new to her, and, but she was a total natural. And at first she was like wanting to cover up between takes and she would take her clothes off at the very last minute. But she said by the end, she was like, she was just walk around sets naked. It became very easy and very comfortable for her. And that's pretty much like the name of the game. Like that would make her probably very easy to work right. with. And somebody who isn't comfortable in those situations like that, that shows. Mm -hmm. So that's why they were getting such great photos from her. You know, what's interesting back to what you said about her coming into town and everything and Hugh Hefner finding her. If she hadn't, if she had said, I'll wait six weeks for, you know, to go to get my passport and to leave, the time might have been up on her. They could have just gotten somebody else because it was such yes. a flash in the pan, like, you yes. looked really hot this day and everyone saw you and it was a big deal that day. I mean, that's just wild everything. to me. Her whole life could have been totally different if she just, if she was a six, a six would have right. never gotten on that She's bus. a seven. Pam <laughs> yeah. is a seven. Total YOLO. Sevens are the enthusiasts. They believe in YOLO and FOMO and she wasn't going to miss it. I love um, it. Timing is everything. Yep. Absolutely. I think you're a hundred percent right. And she was also arriving right at this time where like wholesome, but sexy was in sweet, but gorgeous. It was like the late eighties, early nineties. And she just embodied that. Like, I think that's why she is one of the more household names of the playmates because she had that, both of those things going right. on, which I think men and women both found, you know, appealing yeah. or at least intriguing enough to talk about and remember. She would also go on to hold the record for the most playboy covers by any model ever. She still holds that title. Naturally, it did not take long for acting jobs to come her way. So while most people, like I said, connect her to Baywatch, Home Improvement was actually her first acting job. She played Lisa, Tim's assistant on Tool Time for the first two seasons. And um, I don't know if you heard, it made some headlines because her book came out and the Netflix doc came out, but she has accused Tim Allen of flashing her on the second day of shooting on set. And allegedly what he said was, it's only fair since I've seen you naked, you should see me naked. Oh, Here's the thing. And I'm like, in that time, it just does not seem that wild for me to think. Oh, they it, somebody would have said uh, he that. denies it, by the way. Yes. I don't want to yeah. miss that detail. Tim Allen has vehemently and publicly denied this. But 100 percent, I think that was the culture mm -hmm. of sets at that time. And um, no, that isn't how it works. That like because she posed in a photo nude like that is. No, <laughs> I hope someone has told Tim that um, since then. Did you watch Home Improvement, I loved Home way? Improvement, yes. But I don't really? remember her early seasons. I remember, I don't know if her name was Heidi. I think it was Heidi. Yeah. The next She was only in two girl. seasons, mm -hmm. Pam. Those are the seasons yeah. I remember. Okay. I could never get into that show. I don't know why. I don't think I had a lot of options. So that was probably, <laughs> <laughs> that was probably it. I don't know. Tim Allen doesn't like do it for me and I don't mean like find him attractive I just mean like I don't get his humor I don't like his vibe like no it was it. a family show I think it was like hot teen boys and I, <laughs> I yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. that but at the time I was like well you like, were not 
a 30 something year old woman. Okay, so it's totally yes, appropriate. I should, but as a 30 something year old, I should not say hot teen boys. Uh, let's not put that into chatbot GPT and <laughs> we should be okay. Regenerate response. Um, I'm just, I want to say that instead of edit from now on. I think when I want to say something differently, I'm like, like burr, 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 burr. regenerate response. <laughs> Okay. Well, meanwhile, this show Baywatch that we've clearly heard about is having global popularity. Fun fact, the show is, I don't, do you know, this is so crazy. The show was canceled after its first season on NBC, but it survived because of syndication. So that's the only reason it went on. And later it became the most watched TV series in the world. I'm reading this straight from the fact in Wikipedia with a global audience of 1.1 billion viewers weekly. Whoa. Like literally everybody, almost everybody in the world was watching it. Um, despite, Wikipedia goes on, despite consistently negative critical reviews, earning it a reputation as a pop culture phenomenon, frequent source of illusion and parody. Uh, so the show ran from 89 to 99. Okay. And then it had like later iterations, but um, that was like the the core 10 years that Pam was involved in. Most of those. And they wanted Pam. She was perfect for the show and they kept calling her to audition and she kept not going because the auditions were where they filmed in Marina Del Rey. And she's like, I don't know where that is, but it sounds really far. So she just <laughs> kept saying no. And when I say Marina Del Rey, does that remind you of anything? Well, it reminds me of a podcast that you don't listen to and uh, oh, Marissa Wampler. No, it's like a comedy bang bang offshoot thing. It's so, oh, you'd okay. have to listen to I mean, thousands of episodes for it to even make sense. But anyway, she's like a big, I'm from Marina Del Rey. So that's where my brain goes. But you've got something okay, better. Well, oh, well, I've Sheena got something Shea. more relevant. Yes. Sheena Shea. If you could please pull the first clip when Sheena Shea moved to Marina Del Rey. I don't even go to the West Side for people that I'm like genuinely friends with. If Bo lived on the West Side, I would break up with him. Traffic sucks. To get to Marina Del Rey, you have to go south of Sur for like ever and ever, all the way to the 10 West, just to fight all the airport traffic on the 405 to get to the 90 West, past the flight attendants and divorcees and old men with metal detectors. And this is where Sheena has chosen to live. Geographically undesirable, yes. Geographically undesirable, yeah, no, that's <laughs> Sheena. Yeah. And it's the West side of LA and like, there's such snobs in that clip, but I think anyone in their town or city can relate to that feeling of like, right. You know, at certain times a day, I'm just not going to go see my friends across the park or whatever right, right. it is. Um, so I just thought that was really funny. I'm like, yeah, she, like Pam knew, Pam right. knew what was up, right. but obviously she finally shows up to Marina Del Rey for the audition. Obviously she gets it. And the rest, as they say, is history. Initially, she was making $1,500 per episode playing C.J. Parker, and she pulled in $33,000 over 22 episodes, but that all changed with the growing popularity of the show and with her rising stars. Eventually, she made $300,000 per episode, which totaled $6.6 million per season. She did well for herself on the show. Yeah. Uh, so between that and Playboy, she was really doing quite well for herself. So Baywatch makes her a global phenomenon. And I think that's really important to remember that she was such a known face and name globally, more than a lot of TV stars because Baywatch was watched and dubbed in so many different languages. Right. And because of this, locally even, of course, she had no problem finding people to date and uh, boyfriends. So she dated all the hot guys of Hollywood at that time, including Scott Bayo and surfer actor Kelly Slater. In fact, she was actually dating Kelly when she married Tommy Lee, and that is when things in her life got really crazy. More on that in a second. 
So Kelly, do you know about Kelly Slater? I know his name. I knew he was a surfer. I don't think I even knew he was an yeah. actor. Yeah, I think he did some acting, but surfing was his main gig, I guess. I mean, it's mm-hmm. good work if you can get it. Um, sounds like very lucky. So he was the it guy and Pam was the it girl. And I think it's fair to say, having done all my research and watching her in all these different contexts, like she really was and is kind of boy crazy. She dated really casually, but she also dove into relationships very easily as well. So she loved love Mm -hmm. is a way that she's been described even by her own kids. So she was seeing Kelly on and off and he always had other girls. She was never the only girl. So she saw other people too. So when rock star Tommy Lee comes calling, she and Kelly were very much on. So she just kept saying no. She blew him off, but he was relentless in pursuing her. And she was very aware of him, but not interested. But on New Year's Eve in 1994, the two found themselves in the same club in Vegas. You know, you've been there, right? Like Sir? just <laughs> always in the. Yeah. <laughs> and Pam sent him a shot uh, via the waitress. And it was basically like to Tommy, like from Pam Anderson. And Tommy immediately makes a beeline to her. And this is his quote about seeing Pamela Anderson in person for the first time. So he only knows of her. He's actually never like been in her presence. And he says, she was wearing all white. Her hair was the most perfect shade of blonde I had ever seen. Her teeth practically glowed through her lips when she laughed. And she stood out so radiantly from everyone around her that it seemed like a beam of black light was shining on her from above. There might have been drugs involved. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) So they spent the next month to six weeks talking every day on the phone because that is the time period we're in. It's uh, 95 now. And he wants to see her again. And she's like, sorry, going to Mexico for a photo shoot. And she's like loving it. Like they're having that like total infatuation, but it's all over the phone. Like, and she's enjoying it. And she just says, I'm going to Mexico to do a photo shoot. And it's specifically, she was going to Cancun. Who shows up on her set the day after she arrives, but Tommy, he figured out exactly where she was. Now, this is the part where I have to pause and just say like, that's a little red flag for me. Um, Especially then, like, how would you even figure yeah. out where she was? It's not like that information well, is very power readily f- available. Right. So she's not leaving traces like social media, but right. I'm sure he, I mean, he was a powerful rock star and I'm sure his people asked her people, uh, who knows, but he yeah, like yeah. got there. I guess there's not that many like whatever he found (laughs) they go out that night and I heard her retell this story recently on armchair expert which is Dax Shepard's podcast and she talks about how they're out and they're drinking they're having champagne and he unbeknownst to her put ecstasy in hers so she doesn't know and she tells the story with a fondness and a sense of humor Uh and she even takes a second to say like by the way like nobody do this today but that for her it was really romantic and it worked out so that's her caveat. Like I've got mine and it's like never ever yeah. give someone drugs without their consent. Like this has like the nineties written all over No it. kidding. She's like, well, it worked for me. Yeah. And it's just not, it's not romantic. And, um, you can love someone who did this, but it's still, it's still a crime. That sounds so, very much anyway. like childhood stuff coming up later well, that's, with that's like her gonna parents. Be, Yeah, that's going to be the theme like throughout everything else that happens. I think pretty much all her choices are informed by what she had growing up. And that's true for all of Mm -hmm. us. And hers, maybe just the dots are kind of easy to connect. Yeah. Um, So, yes, I think you're absolutely right. But here's the thing. Ecstasy is known as the love drug. So his plan, if he had a plan, allegedly, I don't know what was in his mind. 
but it kind of worked because she talks about the feeling and she's like, my face was melting. <laughs> like She was just so like in a good way. Yeah, like yeah. she was so happy. They were just madly in love. They hung out for three days straight. So when he proposed in Mexico on day three, what was she going to say about yes? So she quickly called Kelly and was like, Hey, we got to break up. I'm getting married. And he was like, what? <laughs> um, so they got married that day in Cancun he in board shorts, her in a white bikini. I would do everything in a white bikini, by the way, if I was Pam. No Anderson. kidding. No kidding. <laughs> like record this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, put it on video live. Like, so they get married and they are absolutely in a honeymoon period, Melissa. Um, you might call it Gary time. <laughs> and they filmed everything, not just their Gary time. I, I like having euphemism for SEX right? here, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. If you don't know what Gary time is, go back to the last episode. But not just that. They filmed their lives walking around their Malibu home, which was under construction. They bought this house and they were going to like make it their dream home. And they did. They put in swings and a pillow room. And these people were about like having fun and and pleasure. And a lot of it was driven by Tommy. I mean, he was a rock star. Yeah. So they filmed themselves hanging out in the pool. There's tons of footage, a lot of which you can see in the new Netflix doc that I've already mentioned, which was produced in part by her oldest son, Brandon. And I really do highly recommend that more on that later. But they, of course, also did film themselves being intimate and they put this tape and many other things, including expensive jewelry, watches, the white bikini she got married in, into a locked, did I say guns? Also guns. Into a locked safe that was hidden in like, a wall compartment in their garage, like not easy to access at okay. all. So that's where the sex tape lived. So we're going to get into the sex tape of it all. But first, let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so back to the sex tape. Remember when I said the house was under construction? Yes. They had workers, crews in and out of the house all the time. And apparently Tommy was a bit of a hothead and working for him was not easy or fun. So he fires the most recent crew. And when the lead guy, I guess like the project manager or whatever, returned to, he said like, leave the property now. Like he had to quit immediately. So he did, but he returned a couple of days later and he's like, I left my tools. Can I get them? And he, Tommy put a gun to his head and said, no, leave. More strong language than that. So the guy leaves and allegedly this is when he begins devising a plan to steal the safe that he knows is there because I think they even told him and like other people on the team had advised Pam and Tommy to put things like their jewelry and valuables in a safe. And I'm not mentioning this man's name, even though he's publicly named everywhere because it's a little messy and it's being talked about again. And I don't want to name him. Yeah. 
This guy doesn't know there's going to be home videos in the safe, right? He's hoping to get some jewelry, the watches, the gun, maybe some cash. So when he discovers all this personal footage, he's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make so much more money than I even dreamed. Months go by before Pam and Tommy even realize the safe is missing because you don't access it that much, right? And it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. But when they do realize it, eventually, many months later, it's now 1996, they file a police report because there's really valuable things in there and they're freaked out. They don't even think about the video. They just think, oh my gosh, our stuff. So the case is open. Law enforcement is investigating it when a VHS videotape arrives in the mail for Pam and Tommy. And it's their tape with a montage of all the home footage. It was like spliced together, like the parts that would make it just a sex tape. I guess they took out just the walks on the (laughs) patio or whatever. Um, Tommy's like, Tommy watches it, tells her what it is, and Pam can't watch it. She's so devastated. Penthouse somehow gets a hold of the tape, and they know they can't publish it or do anything with it without their consent. They tell Tommy and Pam, we'll give you $5 million to sell us the rights to the video. And they're like, absolutely not. We're not interested in monetizing the tape. They wanted it back and they wanted to prevent the future sale or any major distribution of the video. Now, when Penthouse reached out to them, the video was already being sold on the black market online because by the time it got to Penthouse's hands, it had already been like, it came on a VHS, not a VHS, like a little camcorder, you know, those little tiny Mm -hmm. tapes. The guy who stole it, had copies made. So it had changed hands a few times, but most people were like, we can't really do anything with this big time. Like we can do some bootleg dark web illegal stuff, but like nobody could where the real money was like the big distribution that all had to be done legally. So I think that's how it ended up because maybe they were like, maybe penthouse could do it and they were going to get a cut or something is what I imagine allegedly. So it was out there, but it wasn't everywhere at all. If that makes sense. Yeah. Tommy and Pam's focus was making sure it couldn't be sold as a VHS video, which ended up being a really terrible strategy because they over-focused on it not being a video part right. at the very beginning of like the dot-com boom. Yeah. So things don't really go their way. Um, Penthouse ends up publishing renderings of still images from the video. Like that's how much they wanted to make money on this and knew they would. So right. just to repeat that, still images which they couldn't publish they had like paintings or like drawings done of them in the magazine with an article announcing the existence of this tape so that happens in penthouse i know that's wild they also added some previously published photos of the couple that were published only in Europe that were under dispute, but they use those as well and put them into this article. When you say artists rendering, it reminds me of the Michael Jackson trial and all the artists rendering. Do you remember when they did the reenactments on E so they, you couldn't watch the trial and you would get reenactments every day. I live for that show. Um, And I live for court renderings. I love those. They're great. I find them fascinating. There's a really good one who has an Instagram and I don't know how she gets the permission to post these. I guess maybe when the trial is over. Yeah. I'm going to actually link it in the show notes. Her work is so beautiful and she covers the big cases. So you can like see like a Jen Shaw rendering. Ooh, let's not ask her to re-render these photos, but it just (laughs) reminded me of that. That's a, such an interesting thing that it's not the actual photos that... 
I know. And it just shows like how hot a commodity yeah, this they knew it. would be if they were like, people will buy these like imagined, you know, stills from it. So bizarre. So they retain a lawyer, Tommy and Pam, that is uh, Ed Massery. If he sounds familiar, he's of Aaron Brockovich fame. And he's going to come back up later. So this is like a powerful class action lawsuit kind of lawyer. And he approaches this as an infringement on the couple's right to privacy. Like that's the approach we're taking. This is a right to privacy issue. They bring a $10 million civil lawsuit against Penthouse and everyone else that they think and suspect has the tape. But it really doesn't go their way. A judge dismissed the case and said Penthouse Magazine didn't do anything wrong by publishing photos of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee because those pictures had been previously published in Europe. The judge also said the magazine didn't do anything illegal by using pictures in a newsworthy story. So Pamela's claims that they use her image for profit just didn't hold up in court at all. That's wild that you don't have any rights to your own image, really. That's... Wow. Melissa, I feel like you're hitting on the head kind of Pam Anderson's whole life struggle. It's like her own persona wasn't hers ever. Like people just constantly objectified her and like mass produced her. It's just so sad. And this was a really, and Tommy Lee's in this case too. I mean, he's, I'm like, I can imagine this happening to a woman. (laughs) The fact that like a powerful rock star guy couldn't, I don't know. And like, just, I know that's sexist, but given the time period, I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, anyway, but here's where the sexism does prevail. Also, I love that they think um, this this was a newsworthy, like media worthy pit of content that Penthouse really they needed to the report to the world. It. Like yeah. the world need, mm-hmm. yeah, really needed to know that. The judge also failed to bring an injunction against those who had copies of the tape to sell illegally on the web. I I, I will never understand why. In court during a deposition, Pamela was told. You're in Playboy. You don't have a right to privacy. I can't believe I'm, it. I, I'm like, I, I'm still recovering. Yeah. So by November 1996, the black market video has made it into the hands of a real scumbag. Um, he founded an LLC called IEG, Internet Entertainment Group. Zero points for creativity. Try chatbot, why don't you? Um, but I guess in like the first days of the internet, maybe it was more interesting and compelling, whatever. Do I get to guess who this is? Yes. Is it Rick Solomon? No, great oh, guess. Darn, sorry. Great guess. He's got to be coming no, up. No, he's coming up. Um, patience, little sorry. grasshopper. This is Seth. I haven't said his name out loud yet. Uh, Orsharvsky? We'll just call him Seth. Um, and he had a website under the LLC IEG called Club Love. So this guy was at the helm of the dot-com boom, specifically in like cam girl type businesses. He was on the very front lines of this okay, and was figuring out how to make more money than anyone ever had with these types of businesses. Sure. I think he's complete trash. Also, he's from Queens, which I just feel like I have to say as like a full disclosure. (laughs) He said that he's going to put the tape on his website anyway. And and he did a few days later after this non-injunction. So in November. So, okay, He tells them he's going to do it, but he's going to put it behind a paywall as like a one time subscription only thing. And a lot of legal back and forth had happened at this point. And Pamela and Tommy end up signing over the rights to him to do that one internet subscription paywall 
deal because they wanted it to end. They're like, if it's in this one place, how many people could really possibly pay to watch it? And we're so sick of this. And Pam was uh, pregnant with her second child at this point. And before her first one, she had a miscarriage on set Mm. of a film and she was under so much stress during the trial. She's like, this is how I felt during my first pregnancy, my very first, like before her son was born. And it's just not worth it. So they settled with this guy and they just wanted to move on. Now, of course, as we've mentioned, it's early days of the internet. So they thought not that many people are going to see it. It's so hard for us in 2023 to understand that. Right. But, you know, and I'm thinking they had an excellent lawyer, but he probably wasn't any younger than them. So he was probably a bit of a dinosaur and couldn't see that coming either. And back to that lawyer for a second, as I mentioned, he was one of the ones made famous, um, in the film, Aaron Brockovich, but our listeners might recognize his name for another reason because he was chummy with Tom Girardi. They worked together on that Aaron Brockovich case. And that's why I think when we first meet Tom, we think, oh, he's a, he's one of the good Good guys. guys. Like he's a big successful lawyer, but he's doing this for the people and for the Right. Earth, you know, like, so interestingly, later, many years later, Massery's firm went bankrupt, which can't be good. So maybe he wasn't that great of a lawyer. But when that happened, he transferred all his cases to Girardi Keys. So he's named so many times in all the Tom Girardi dealings. Ed Massery comes up and I found that to be so interesting. So... Either this guy wasn't a good lawyer either, or he was just too busy like scamming people and running like some con with (laughs) Tom Girardi to give. Yeah, right. Like that's why he maybe didn't give them the most best legal attention and advice. I have no idea. Allegedly. So not surprising to you, me or anyone listening, the sex tape of a bombshell actress and her rock star husband was highly in demand and it was officially unofficially the first viral video i mean this thing like made it through the internet like a rocket this seth guy then made copies of the tape and sold them in stores which was totally illegal and it took years but finally in 2002 so i mean seven years pam and tommy get a win um they're now divorced which we'll get into more in a moment but they get a legal win They were each awarded $740,000 in a default judgment in their lawsuits against IEG. Basically, an appeals court had overturned the judge's original decision. So they got a total of $1.48 million split between them, which equaled IEG's profits from the tape at that time, which seems completely unjust to me because Seth sold the DVD rights to Vivid Entertainment for $15 million. The tape went on to generate... $77 $77 million in the first year of sales of DVDs. I, so who knows what it's up to now, like worldwide sales. I, it's like up there with Baywatch numbers. Yeah. Sure. Like, and they each got $740,000. And there's even some reports that they never saw the cash. And I would believe it because like totally. legal fees, who knows? Like, I don't think that added to their bank That's accounts. That's a wild number. Like in everyday it's life, stupid. it would be amazing. But for what right. they went through and the years mm-hmm. and someone stealing from them, it's not like I know. they left this tape somewhere. Someone came into their home and stole it. This is like the worst kind of like Ooh. re-victimization. I mean, totally. this is a really glaring example. And again, with 2023 eyes, I think everyone can see it. And back then, like just. It's like you shouldn't have done it. it. Yeah, right? there was a little bit of that like judgment. Mm-hmm. So here's the part, as you said, nobody believed. 
that they made no profit on this tape. I mean, to this day, it's the number one question she's asked in interviews. Like, how much did you make from that video? Right. Come on, like, tell us. Like, they really believe that they all that time did this on purpose and made a ton of money or didn't do it on purpose, but still made a ton of money on it. Even our Bravo godfather, Andy Cohen, had it twisted. Please listen to the second um, clip, which is from 2015. So we're talking... 10 years later, Pam Anderson is on there promoting something, but it all comes back to the sex tape. I was a big fan of your Tommy Lee sex tape. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? No. It's fantastic. Stop. Um, did, you make, did you make a mint off of that? I made not one dollar. Well, I no, thought you guys made a deal. Property. No, we made a deal to stop the shenanigans and stop all the... Like I was seven months pregnant with Dylan, and I was thinking it was affecting the pregnancy, the stress, and no. I said, I'm not going to court anymore. I'm not being deposed anymore by these horny, weird lawyer men. Right. I don't want to talk about my vagina anymore or public sex, anything. Yeah. So, you know, it was stolen property. We never, either of us made anything wow. from it, and it was stolen. And, you know, Bob Guccione tried to offer us millions of dollars. We said no. Um, and it was already out at that time. Damage wow. was done. Meredith Vieira looks so confused. I, I think it's so funny that she is the other guest in the chair because also she was probably like, you dummy, Andy, like fact check a yeah. little, would you? Like, <laughs> yeah, she seemed very Not like, a great look for Andy. No, not at all. But he's like that. I love the Watch What Crappings guys, how they're like, hey, uh, Candace, how do you like your new boobs? <laughs> All that stuff. Like that's he He's like he can be tactless. Yeah. I know. Um, and I love that he thought saying he loved the video was gonna like warm her. Yeah. So weird. So this, like I said, was ten years after it all happened. If you could play the next clip, this was kind of amidst the drama. This is an appearance shortly after it, after the birth of her second son, Dylan. This is Pam Anderson on Jay Leno. Okay. Tone is very different. Maybe one or two. Did you have a favorite? Criminal investigation going on. There's FBI are involved. I, it's well, it's we been go back for years. Now. Someone broke into your house. Yes, and they stole an entire safe. The safe and this videotape. Videotapes, um, growing up pictures of me and my family, um, jewelry, guns, everything was in the safe, and they stole it. And and then this all came out, and it just it's, well, here's it's what been I don't understand. For years. Here's what yeah. I understand. Now, these belong to you. They're your property. Right. Like for example, if if I bought a car. Right. And I, it turned out that car was stolen 10 years ago from someone else. Even though I'm the owner, I have to give the car back. And I don't, and I lose my money. Why shouldn't you get the money? And these people are selling your private, I mean. I know, it's their receipt of stolen property and they're still going ahead with this and these people will go to jail. I swear they'll go to jail. If I have any faith in the justice system whatsoever, they're going to go to jail. No, I, uh, I'm probably the only person that hasn't seen the tape. Really? I, no, I see, I consider you a friend and it's stolen property I and I refuse to watch it. Because I know I if, if you that. said it was okay to watch it, I would watch. But I said, no, it's basically the truth. That was, I don't know. Cringy. It was so Beyond. cringy. He made a good point about the stolen car. If you, if they found out he had someone's stolen car, he'd have to give it back and would lose the money for it or whatever. Like, that is a good point. But poor thing. Like, nobody's clapping. No one's got any audience no. reaction. And they love audience reaction on those kind of shows. So... 
Man, you know, she sad. was not the hero there. They were not rooting for her. This was so telling. I think you're picking up on something really important. Like the public opinion was not on her and Tommy's side, especially because no. they divorced shortly after this clip with Jay Leno. Like they divorced. I think people just thought it was like a mess and they're messy and like probably they deserved it. Um, I agree. He made a good point. His next analogy was about how Brad Pitt had some picture, private picture of him, like not a compromising one, but it was just like he didn't give them a publication permission to publish it and he got it shut down so fast. And I'm like, how is this helpful? And he kept calling her sweetheart. Yeah, no. I just, the whole, the clip goes on and at the end he's like, well, thanks, sweetie. Like, I just. Yeah. So. And she seems to be trying to be really nice and like. I know. Assertive, but like she does the nervous laugh thing, I think. And so he's like, you mean you didn't make any money? She's like, no. And laughing when she's saying it because the whole, th- I, that was you, just a nightmare. Yeah. You're trying to maintain some like likability and like, can you just imagine how exhausted she is? Like no. she has two kids and they're 13 months apart. She's been through this grueling legal journey. She was still in it. Yeah. Anyway, and working full time. Anyway. So that's pretty much the end of the sex tape drama, but unfortunately it wasn't the only drama in Pam's world uh, or even in that whole time span from 95 on. So as I mentioned, they did have a miscarriage before she had her two boys. And what I wanted to tell you was you might know Brandon. I thought you were going to say you knew him because he was cast in The Hills New Beginnings, which was just like a few years ago. He was one of the kids. And what I thought was, man, he would have been perfect for Princes of Malibu. Because that's where True. Sean Pam lived. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think he's like better than those guys. I mean, I'm not saying he's like amazing or even he's better than Sean Stewart. But he's better. That's what I'm saying is I think he maybe was too like, I don't think he was trashy enough. Ugh. I think her kids are actually kind of great. Yeah. Um, they're very handsome. They're very cute. And they seem to really love their mom. Yeah. So let's get to the divorce, which is kind of the next really big turning point in her life. Pam and Tommy are still madly in love. I almost, I would say to this day, they talk about each other yeah. so favorably, but their relationship was volatile. According to Pam, he would show up on the Baywatch set while she was working and she worked there through 99. So during all of this, and he would show up unannounced to see if she was going to have any love scenes with her co-stars and if she would be kissing someone. And if she did, he would fly off the handle, trash her trailer, punch holes in walls and disrupt the whole set, causing all kinds of chaos. And again, this is his celebrity. I think like you can't kick a guy like him off the set. Like he probably traveled with an entourage. Like, you know, it's just what it was. And so it got to the point to where the crew would see him coming and radio into other team members saying like, switch the scenes, change the lineup, tell Pam, improvise so that he wouldn't see any romantic scenes being filmed. On a different appearance on Watch What Happens, Pam tells Andy Cohen that she lied and said one of her co-stars was gay so that he would stop being jealous oh my gosh. every time they had to make out. He was incredibly possessive of her. Yeah. So nobody close to her or even, you know, a little removed was surprised when Tommy ended up in jail after he physically attacked Pam while she was holding their seven-month-old youngest child, Dylan, in her arms. When Pam tells it, she says both kids were crying and just basically in that like inconsolable end of the day, like nothing's going to work kind of thing. Everybody wanted to be held. So she was doing that and had been working all day. And I've read reports that she didn't have a nanny, that she brought the kids on set. Mm. So just imagine how tired she was. And she says that basically 
Tommy starts wailing and saying, I want my wife back. I want my wife back. I need my wife. Like, and so he kicks her. Not laughing at while that, she's obviously. holding the baby. Yeah. No, it's appalling. It's it is. It's laughable because it's like you're a grown man, but he's not. Like he really is like a child. So he kicks her in the back and her butt again while she's holding Dylan and she falls and she calls 911 and he is arrested for spousal abuse in front of minors. And he did spend a little, a couple of nights in jail or something, but he was released on um, half a million dollars bail. And to Pam's credit, she cooperated with law enforcement, let the charges stand. You know, a lot of times we see this and they're like, I don't need to press charges. Like everything's okay. But she said, no, like I want to cooperate with this and I want to see this through. And he did six months in prison. Whoa. So during this time, I know she files for divorce. She cites irreconcilable differences and she sought full custody of the boys, Brandon, who was 20 months at the time and Dylan, who was seven months. So there was a drawn out custody battle, which I'm not going to cover here because it's almost as long as like the sex tape battle. But my synopsis, the like too long didn't read version is that she wanted sole custody. They were so young and Tommy really wasn't like, a super hands-on kind of dad, even though he really loved the kids. So it just made sense that they went more with her, but Tommy fought it every step of the way. And they ended up after many years getting some kind of split agreement, but they always ended up with Pam anyway. Okay, That's the synopsis. It's exactly what you would imagine. So jumping ahead a bit, their next, so that's how I think their family life was very fractured, always going back and forth. And they ended up sending both kids to um, boarding school in Canada for high school because they didn't want them under the influence of like L.A., Malibu and all the Hollywood influence, which I actually think was probably great for them because bouncing between two parents is hard. Yeah. And it kept them like somewhat normal. So that's just a little caveat. But in March of 2018, Pamela speaks out publicly because Brandon got in trouble for knocking, he's 21 years old at the time, knocking Tommy Lee unconscious. And in a statement to people, Brandon responded to his father's claims about being knocked down by his own son. And Brandon said, I'm devastated at the events of the last several days that have been a result of my father's alcoholism. Hmm. Pam also chimed in and said, alcoholism is the devil. I pray Tommy gets the help he needs. His actions are desperate and humiliating. I will never talk to him again unless he is sober and in his right mind. Mm. So his addiction issues are coming out and now his kids are older and the dynamic has changed. And it sounds like probably more likely Brandon was reacting to Tommy's behavior, not initiating a fight. Super, super sad. But what I do understand right now is that he's sober, which is great news. I don't know for how long, but I do believe he's sober right now. So as I mentioned, Pam still loves Tommy. He's still, she will still say he was my one true love. I wish we could have stayed together and been a family. She always tells her boys, you were created by two people who loved each other so much. And that has to be something. And I think it is. (laughs) They got, tried to get back together one time officially. Well, they actually went on and off many, many, many times, but officially they moved back in together, but it was short lived and it didn't work out. Uh, But because Pam loves love, she did go on to marry four more times. And to bring our last clue of Detroit into the story, she was married to Kid Rock for a little minute, which is just so wild. And I also, I have thoughts about that, but like, what do you think? Well, it never made sense to me because she's like the face of animal rights stuff. And he's like (laughs) Mr. Hunting guy, like right off the bat. I was like, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I also, I'm not like a Motley Crue person no. at all, Mm-mm. but to me, he's such a like downgrade in terms of like a rock and roll icon. I'm like, Kid Rock is not for me, but that's yeah, maybe no, just me. I didn't, it, it didn't, it, it didn't make sense. <laughs> I didn't, it didn't think. make sense. And what's wild is like, she moved in with him and he lived in Detroit. So there's this period of time where Brandon and Dylan lived with Kid Rock in Detroit. And so you're watching the documentary. If you watch on Netflix, they're looking at photos and she's like, oh, that's Bob's house. They're like, oh yeah, that's the lake by Bob's. And Bob Bob is Kid Rock, of course. I forgot. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's just funny because like Bob was their stepdad, which is something a lot of people could say, but actually it was Kid Rock. Yeah. Weird. Um, So then she marries Rick Solomon. There you go. So here's my thing with this. Would you not want to be with someone who was also closely connected to a sex tape scandal? I just would think that would be like such a turnoff for me. Well, because wasn't he, wasn't Rick the distributor of Paris? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that doesn't make yes, sense. Yes. He sold it. If it was like birds of a feather, like we had this terrible thing happen to us. You had this terrible thing. That, that would be sense. different. But to be right. the person behind it, no. And wasn't he married to Shannon Doherty too? I feel like there was. Yeah. He's been, he's had a lineup of okay. of, of women, of wives as well. Um, yeah. He was a professional poker player and I don't know. I'm sure there's just some weird like self-fulfilling prophecy with it. Maybe like, I, I don't know. Unchecked trauma. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm speculating, but that was disappointing. It didn't last long, but um, the kids still like him and are friends with mm. him to this day. And so is Pam. She does seem to end amicably with everybody. Yeah. She's able to be friends with most people except for Tommy. It's hard because- yeah. Because I think they wanted so badly to make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, the next guy she marries is a producer named John Peters, who's done a, quite a few like major movies. But the, it turns out they never filed the marriage license like they filled it out, but it wasn't filed. Okay. So divorcing was super easy because they weren't actually married, <laughs> but they're both listed on each other's lists of spouses. OK, so sure. I included him. And the last marriage was to a contractor and it was just in 2020 yeah. to the guy working on her her house. And that one is also over. They divorced in 2022. She is currently alone. So after Baywatch and the sex tape, Pam was not being offered amazing roles, Melissa. Yeah. So tell the people at home what you think she might've done to keep her name and persona and image out there. Well, I do know she was on a show called Barbed Wire, but then I think what you're wanting me to say is that she was Mm -hmm. on a reality show. She sure was. She did the reality TV circuit like so many do. And listen to this. Uh, I'm just going to fly through these. Big Brother in four countries, Australia, India, Germany, and the UK. No, sorry, five, Bulgaria. She was on Dancing with the Stars in the US, France, and Argentina. Hmm. And she was on the British reality TV show Dancing on Ice. In 2008, though, she got her own show on E! called Pam, Girl on the Loose. And sadly, I never saw it. Did you? It sounds familiar, but I don't think I ever saw it. No. I'm shocked. I feel like it must have been Anna Nicole-ish. Yeah. And I couldn't find it anywhere. There's nowhere to watch it. I was willing to pay. So if anyone has seen it or knows where to, please fill me in. I couldn't even find clips. Uh, I don't think it was great. Yeah. And I think she just took what she could get. And I think this was still the era where she was living in, or I should say leaning into the bombshell Pam, the ditzy Pam, that is not really her at all, but it's what she made. It's what brought her money. Yeah. So I think that's what the show's premise was. And so it didn't last long. And then the big jump to 2022, the Canadians are so lucky because they get an HGTV show about Pam renovating her former, her grandmother who's passed 
giant, beautiful farmhouse. Oh, that's And cool. she has bought it. She's renovating it. She lives there and she's moved her parents in. So she's creating this space so that it accommodates both her parents and her. And she lives on this huge property. The show is called Pamela's Garden of Eden. And the description is... Pam's Garden of Eden follows iconic screen star Pamela Anderson as she leaves Hollywood behind, returns to her roots on the coast of Vancouver Island, embarks on a massive restoration of her grandmother's legacy property. And I saw clips, and we can't watch it either because it's not on American HGTV, but it looks Dang just it. absolutely beautiful. And I think a lot of um, the filming for that show overlapped with the filming for her Netflix doc. Okay. Because what she's wearing in it looks familiar to when the scenes of her in the documentary. So you do get like a taste of what it'll be. And it's a lot of her in like flowy white, shabby chic nightgowns, tending to her garden, riding a tractor. I love it. Loving her dogs, being sweet with her parents. And it is so, you can tell she is so at ease and she is just being her. Oh, I love it. And it makes me like, I know I would love her. She seems just so wonderful. And she talked on that same interview I mentioned on Armchair Expert. Her relationship with her parents is complicated, but she like is showing up for them and just wants them to have like the best end of life and like use her, you know, the rewards of her career right. and all the price she paid for that to give them this beautiful home. And it's, it's just really touching. Yeah. So much of the remaining years of her career were doing was doing everything people expected her to do. Like we said, reality TV, date wild men, get bad acting jobs. And she did it all still like kind of having a sense of humor yeah. and being charming. But she also did a few unexpected things. As you mentioned, she's a big PETA person. She is a huge animal rights ad advocate. She's been vegan forever. So she makes a good case for being vegan. I'm not going to lie. No kidding. Like, but she changes legislation around the world on animal cruelty laws. She co-wrote a book about sex and romance with a rabbi. So that was unexpected. Very. And yeah. And in 2022, she took her most challenging role to date and said yes to Roxy on Broadway. I didn't know that. To which I say, I know. I'm so mad because it was last year in New York. I didn't even hear about it. And I, I'll be really honest. A year ago, if I had learned she was on Broadway in Chicago, a show I really don't need to see again, because if you've seen it once, you've seen it a million yeah. times. I would have been like, huh, Pam Anderson in Chicago. Interesting. Now I would give anything to go see her. It was an eight week run. And to which I say, step aside, Lisa Rinna. She no seems kidding. much more winsome in this role. <laughs> um, there's a new Roxy in town. So I'm just really mad that I didn't catch it, but the reviews were incredible. Oh, that's And everyone great. was like, Pam Anderson. It was like the redemption story of Pam Anderson, which is annoying that she even needed one. But people were saying that a lot of people played Roxy the same way. Like it was a very, there's always a celebrity filling in that role and that she brought this weird, vulnerable, dark optimism and like that it just, it like changed the role. Like she was so self-aware and so she brought her own life story to the role of, of Roxy and I watched a clip of it on YouTube and she is so good at like winking at the audience and she's like... There's this line about her wishing, you know, one day maybe she'll see her name in papers. And she just gives uh -huh. this deadpan, like something I know a thing or two about to the audience. Sure. And like, they're just eating it up. And she's 54 when she has the role. And I've got her picture up behind me, like, you know, and the doc shows her training and rehearsing. Like, she's not a singer, oh, she's not cool. a dancer, but yeah. she does it. And she just, she's just amazing. So that was really exciting to see. And I'm sure everybody knows the Hulu doc, uh, the Hulu series came out. Pam and Tommy. And, um, I didn't watch that. I chose not to, because I was seeing clips going around 
before I started officially researching her of her saying like, look, I don't, I, I, the, I don't mean any shade towards the actress, but this is not okay. And she was really mad. The director of that show did reach out to her for insight and input. And Pam declined and said she really didn't want them to make it. And they did it anyway. And so she's just like, she's just not happy. It just, she said it brought up everything. She's like, that stuff is so close. And now everyone's talking about my sex tape again. And yeah, I don't blame her. I watched the first episode and then I heard about her. um, Yeah. Like being against it and I was like what's the point I don't yeah and this is you know it's very parallel to what's going on in the true crime world which is like all these docs getting made where there are survivors of family members still living who are like please do not like this is so hard for us so it's you know it's kind of in that same category and it's it's really um yeah icky yeah so I think her book and her Netflix doc are a little bit of great responses to that because she wants to take control of the narrative again and she does And um, to me, in my opinion, she does it so well. And I think this is not a new hot take, but a lot of things I'm reading are like, she needs to be put in the same category as Britney Spears, even like Monica Lewinsky, just people we owe an apology to because the 90s were rough and we were unfair and this should never have happened the way it did. And she didn't deserve it. Yeah. And um, I think it would look a lot different. If it happened now, yeah, I know it would. It wouldn't happen now. Well, the sex tape could happen and it would go viral so fast before so you fast. could really do a lot. But then but it'd it could be on to the up. next thing. Right. That's true. That's true. So to me, she's like a living icon yeah. and I love her. I saw her um, on Drew Barrymore. I didn't watch the show, but I somehow always watch all of Drew Barrymore clips. And turns out I love yeah. Drew Barrymore. That is a new thing that <laughs> happened to me. Yes. Interesting. I know. And... Um, And she was saying to Drew about Tommy, she said, it's so hard to love someone that isn't the father of your children. And, um, but it, and Drew was like, yes, she's like, and it was just like this moment the two of them had that was like, I totally get that. Like you have this special connection with that person. So you're always looking for that and you can't find that specifically, you know, that specific need that some people may have. I don't know how to say that exactly, but there is a different connection there for sure. Of course, that it's just something you can only share with one other person if you do it that way. Right. And well, or if you're a sister wife. Or if you're a sister wife. But anyway, still. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And so I think that made it really difficult for her. And again, I think she and Tommy just so desperately wanted it to work. But I give her so much credit that that incident happened and she just drew the line in the sand. Like that was a deal breaker. Like you can't do that, especially not now that we have kids. And I don't know that it, happened before that but just that was just like no going back and I I really respect that and knowing that it was going to be all in the media again that she was going to have to deal with all that and she still went with it and it would be very easy easy quote unquote to have said I'm dropping the charges let's let this we'll deal with this as a family whatever but to to go through with that was incredibly brave of her too yes so brave and I think she knew he he wasn't gonna change like he's not the kind of like I'm gonna work on it guy like I think she just knew that and I know there's a lot of drama with Tommy Lee's wife now on TikTok like against Pamela or something I don't know I haven't really followed it but I know enough to know that like she's kind of shading her and I don't like it I don't like it one bit and I won't speak to it because I, I don't know any more than what you said That's as well. That's all I know but, as well. Um, <laughs> I think the world is on Pam's side right now, so she should probably we'll let her have her a moment. 
Yeah, but um, that was a long one. Thanks for thanks for that was super interesting. I didn't know ninety nine percent of that. That was really fascinating. I didn't either, and I really uh, enjoyed getting to. know I love her. little redemption stories when we get to talk about people who we might have had a different perception of. Me too. Those are my favorites. Me too. I like. I just hope I run into her. I love her. Like I'm like obsessed with her now. I think. Okay, calm down because I don't okay, want to have to do a story about an update. <laughs> And you're not here for it and me having to talk about your restraining order. So let's keep Okay, it. yeah, no, that won't be good. Yeah, we don't want this to be recorded, public information. Tell me now, because I've been so curious what you're watching, because you've been basically teasing slash torturing me Yeah. text. Well, you and I both watched something <laughs> on Hulu that we want to recommend, right? What was it called? Um, Stolen Youth? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, my gosh, yes. Dark? Yeah. It's the Sarah Lawrence sex cult. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, it was definitely a cult. I don't think it was a sex cult, but there was sex trafficking. I think sex cult just made it like sellable. But yeah. um, it was a story of a, a student at Sarah Lawrence and the, her dad moving onto campus and kind of gaining control over this group of students to extreme lengths to where like a lot of terrible things started happening. It is um, fascinating and mind blowing. And it's... It's practically unbelievable. It is practically unbelievable. I absolutely agree. And of course, the guy films like everything. So there's clips. Some of the clips are so dark you can't watch. Um, but it's 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 wild. So anyway, we both watched that. So I didn't. I had yeah. to tell her I was watching that because I needed. Yeah, her to we watch we it. needed to talk and process. Also, what is it with like cult leaders and the filming? Like Keith Raniere, Teal Swan. It's this guy. I'm glad because that's how they freaking get no, I caught. Am but too, but it, it's. I need to know like what psychological. Yeah. Cause they can't think they're doing anything wrong. If they're willing to film all that True. like torture. She, I mean, he literally had them filming like abuse. Yeah. I had anyway, no idea. It's wild. I have no idea. So, okay. okay. So here's something I'm watching that. I what are you love. watching? Okay. Okay. Nineties. So it's from the nineties or love it. based in the nineties. Yeah. I thought you'd like okay. that comedy. I'll give you that. Or, or I'll even say Netflix. You can have that as a throwaway clue. Okay. Northern Ireland. <gasps> Bad Sisters? No. No, that's Apple TV. That's Apple. Okay, no, it's not that. I'm going to pull um, up the thingy. Northern Ireland. Is it a couple? Is it a romance? No, it's a bunch of teenage girls. Oh, is it Dairy Girls? It or is. Dairy High? Or, yes, yes, Dairy Girls. Tell me about Good it. Job. Okay, well, well, first of all, I thought <laughs> it was called about. Derby Girls. <laughs> so I've ignored it because I thought it was about like a roller skating. Group. Right, right, right. And my sister different. was like, no, you will love this. So it's I'm gonna read the little synopsis here. Dairy Girls okay. is a British teen sitcom um for channel four January of twenty eighteen is when it kicked off. I really thought this was like decades okay. old, but it's based in the nineties. The series follows Aaron Quinn, her cousin Orla, their friends Claire, Michelle, and Michelle's English cousin James, as they navigate their teen years during the end of the Troubles in Derry, where they all attend a Catholic girls secondary school. And it says the friends frequently find themselves in absurd situations amid the political unrest mm -hmm. and cultural divide of the times. So it's fascinating just from a historical standpoint because there's sure. all this unrest in Northern Ireland at at, during that time that I didn't quite honestly know about. So it's kind of interwoven in their stories, yeah. but it's very nineties. I truly did think it was from the nineties. Um, what I had oh, that's seen a good little sign. things, 
Yeah. It's got the cranberries. It's got salt and pepper. It's oh got everything. Oh, my gosh. I knew the music this could get This has me you. written all over it. I think I'm going to start this. It's so good. My sister was like... Um, my sister was like, oh, uh, you're going to need to watch it with subtitles. And I was like, I'm sorry, are you not watching shows with subtitles? Because <laughs> that's like how I have to watch things. But yeah, the accents oh, are very accents. Strong. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. And but I just love the the like little bits of history that I'm getting within it. And it's just silly. The girls are so funny. There's one that is very anxious and I totally relate to her. Sure. Claire. And the cousin is all crazy. The dad is and the father-in-law don't get along. It's just really like, it's so fun. I just am really loving it. So I'm sad that I'm I'm just now starting it, but it's only three seasons. So do you know, I've heard of it before because do you know who recommended it? Who? Back when it probably just came out, which is when I was still listening to My Favorite Murder, Karen was super into it. Really? Yeah. And I remember like, kind of bookmarking it like oh I should try that and then I didn't or I've yeah. seen maybe like clips or trailers but um I will go back to it that sounds it's really fun. fun like it's been a bright little show to watch oh, so but good. I did think it was roller skating so I ignored it <laughs> I know I was, well I watched I finished Handmaid's Tale I was watching that and not recommending it because it's so freaking dark yeah finished it so I'm like all about for the you. I never light. finished it yeah and yeah, I didn't even like how it ended cleanser. oh Rebecca, so definitely you have to check out Dairy Girls. If you're watching Dairy Girls, please tell me and tell me who your favorite characters are. I love Orla as well. It's just fun. Yeah. It reminds you of high school in like a fun way. Um, Yeah. Oh, I'm in. Totally. There's, uh, I will say it's not so YA, so I don't know if you're going to like that. How is it not YA if it's young adults in high school? It's not a bunch of hotties trying to no. They don't have to be hot. I like angst. I like um, girl friendship relationship. Okay, this is friendship relationship. Yeah, remember um, high school? The one I watched on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Like that was Canadian, and it was just about like these awkward twin girls who like started playing guitar and like I don't know. It wasn't that. Oh yeah. It was not. This is not Euphoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Okay. It's not that other one that is not in English that you watched during COVID. Yes, it's not Elite. Elite is a soap opera. Okay, like it's like a, it's It's like a a telling opera. Yeah, it is. (laughs) That's the name of today's episode. (laughs) A one hour, 12 minute sex opera. Um, What about you? uh, I really like the show. You're going to get it. I didn't get like too crazy with the clues. Apple TV, Therapy, Harrison Ford. Yes. Have you watched it? I haven't, but only out of, out of like, I what? will not Who watch it. Who don't you it. like? Why? No, because, you know, I recommended the show Shrink, Shrinky, Shrinkalicious. You remember a few <laughs> months ago? It was basically the same idea. So the guy, Tim Baltz, who created the show that I watched, Shrinky, I can't remember what it's called. But the whole idea was basically stolen. Like he's bitter about it, and like he's like, I know ideas come up, but it's like very much wait, wait, the wait, wait, same wait. idea. What show? We need to go back and understand because yeah, it was called Shrink, and I watched it on Peacock, and I don't know when I recommended wait, it. You, we covered that here. I talked. I just about updated it. all these on the website. Why don't that just does not ring a bell? It must have been a while ago. Yeah. 
But anyway, point being, um, oh, so out of spite, I don't want to watch it. Wow. Well, no, I don't really want to share. Well, tell me but, because I, um, I, I want to watch it. I, I've heard it's good. Here's the thing. I'd be curious to know like when this became in development and when that did, because I think a lot of times, I don't know that there's, I'm not going to say there's not like outright stealing going on, but I will say a lot of times, don't you see themes in shows and like sometimes things are just like of a moment and more than one person have like an interpretation of an idea that could be what it is. But if this came out like in a time period, that one was 2017. Okay. So enough time has passed to where this and, and what is the premise of Shrink again? Sorry. Okay. It's a guy who, well, it is, I, I don't, I don't even know how similar they are. Shrink is a guy who has to get a few more hours to be able to be a psychiatrist or something. Okay. And he does it out of his parents' uh, well, like garage. I do remember you telling me about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. So here, let me read the actual description yes. so I don't like muddy the waters. A grieving therapist, that's Jason Siegel, starts to break the rules, me too, by telling his clients exactly what he thinks. Jimmy has lost his wife and wants to try a new approach to his loss, but it is unclear how this will help others. It's pretty different. Yeah, it like is. It's, I think maybe the title. The ti- maybe that's the issue, and that is kind of like not cool. Um, Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel. And I don't know the actress who plays this woman, Gabby, but she's incredible. It is so good. So he's grieving the losses of his wife and he's in a total fog, ignoring his like daughter, who's a junior in high school. He has a nosy neighbor who played. Did you watch Scrubs? I love Scrubs. I love Scrubs. The last time I've seen this actress, she's probably done stuff in between. She was the wife of, um, is it Dr. Cox? Oh, I love her. She was on Cougar Town. Yeah. Yes, she was also in Cougar Town. Oh, she so this plays, is made by the guy that did Cougar Town because he puts her in all of his stuff. Um, it's directed by, oh, no, not Ryan White. That's who did the Pamela um, doc. Um, it is. <laughs> it's created by Bill Lawrence. Yes, it's Bill Lawrence. Yeah. He, he's married to but her. Jason Siegel also created it. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, he's married to her. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she plays like this nosy next door neighbor. She's fantastic. Harrison Ford is like the owner of the practice. It's like his practice and Jason's one of the therapists and this woman I don't know the actress's name but her character is Gabby and they're like these three people who all so the the set like where it happens a lot is either in Jason's house or at this therapy practice and basically Jason is just stuck and just can't handle people saying the same thing like which is what I always think about with therapists how do they deal with this Right. So he snaps and is basically just tells this woman who's been saying the same thing about her husband for three years, like, why don't you just leave him? And she's just uh, like, what? You know? And so he starts doing that with everyone and taking these very like unorthodox approaches with his clients. One of them is a vet, a young vet, and he moves into his house, his pool house. Like he's really breaking all like legal and ethical, oh. you know, rules. And so it's, and it's so dang funny. It's so well-written. Harrison Ford is perfect. And has his own issues. He has Parkinson's and doesn't want to tell his daughter. It's great. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm very much sold on it. The Bill Lawrence thing really pushed me over the edge. His wife's name is uh, Krista, Krista Miller. Um, Krista Miller. Okay. I I really do think you'll like it. I even got my husband in on it. Like he's really enjoying it. It's like he never watches. It's not a comedy. It's like a dramedy, I guess. Okay. He never watches shows like that with me, but he is really enjoying it. Um, so it's a new episodes weekly. So there's five out now and I think there's okay. going to be eight or 
10. I don't know. So you could get a handful of them in now and they're short. Okay. I'm in. I'm very much in. I don't want to get Apple Plus again, but I just dropped Netflix again. So I'll I'll do it. It's such a seesaw. It's rotating. I totally get it. I get it. But this is worth it. I will say. I'm in it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm into it. I'm going to um, do it. And then you can watch Bad Sisters, which you didn't, <laughs> if you want to keep the Ireland trip yeah, going. Yeah, I can only um, do so many subtitles um, for these shows. Okay. So I'll, maybe we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. All right. Well, good. We've got two great shows to check out. Rebecca, before we go, would you like to hear <laughs> three clues for next week? You didn't try to close the show off a minute ago. Don't worry. Edge Nobody heard that. I'm so interested. Please don't take are any you? Of my behavior. Are you as really? <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> Hit me. despite the last two minutes. Okay, so here are my three clues. Don't okay. overthink these. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna just go with these. Cheerleading, mm-hmm. dancing. Okay. Singing. Okay. Those are three similar performance similar. Mm-hmm. type things cheerleading dancing singing someone's gonna get it <laughs> i don't know if that's okay. someone's you <laughs> but i know it <laughs> you you know who it is yeah cheer singing and dancing cheerleading singing and dancing i'll go a step further dallas cowboys cheerleader wait no lakers okay. cheerleader lakers oh. cheerleader dancing singing Okay, I have some ideas and yes. I'm excited. That's cool. Okay, okay, I didn't see that coming. Good. Well, this was really fun as always. I loved it. Yep. Thank you for listening, everybody. You can listen to Melissa every Tuesday on her other podcast, Moms and Mysteries. Got it. Nailed it. And Rebecca is around. Yeah on different things yeah. she's producing stuff yeah story mark uh this new season doesn't drop till next month so i'll mention that again later okay. but um i actually have like a new show that'll be dropping later oh this yeah year, and some other stuff i can't even share yet that i'm so excited oh about gosh. so just you know don't sleep on this <laughs> <laughs> keep no. watching yes or listening um we're listening great and we will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode i'll be leading that one and it'll be a chaotic mess in the meantime you can subscribe you're probably subscribed um you can leave a review you can follow us on instagram tiktok please not facebook and also twitter sometimes yeah if you listen and love the show do leave a review wherever you listen mostly Mm -hmm. apple um, and also if you are always wondering what show did they recommend on that one yes. episode, we've been categorizing them. Thank you to the help of our website person and a listener named Jasmine. Um, and I just recently updated the last few episodes. So if you go to criminalityshow.com, you can actually click on what we're watching and it'll tell you episode by episode what we've recommended because we can't even remember. So when you ask us, we don't know. So just go there. Very true. All right, Rebecca, we'll be back in two weeks. Can't wait to do it again. Same. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.